Welcome back, y'all. It's the debut episode. Um, real quick announcement. I want to thank everybody for rocking with me, man, for sticking with me. You know, even though I know it's going to say I take some time off, I came back and only did an episode a month. Um, but thank y'all so much for rocking with me, man, and supporting me. Um, I'm back. This season is going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah, um, I think y'all really going to like this season. It's going to be so much fun. Um, before I do anything, man, um, there's not. I'm not gonna not gonna do a Happy Mother's Day uh, a Mother's Day episode a Mother's Day episode. So Happy Mother's Day in advance to all the beautiful moms out there. Continue doing what you're doing. Um, some late birthdays. Uh, um, happy late birthday to uh, Cece. Uh, um, to Crystal and to Katia. Uh, if I miss anybody, my bad. Those are the only three I really remember. And um, shout out to Whitney for doing the flyer, and shout out to my man, to my man Xavier for this hot ass intro y'all about to hear. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Starts of an average show podcast, season two. Let's go. Check it out, uh. I'm better, I've been patient, encouraging changes, I'm speaking new language, just the thoughts of a joke, only people who've been round will know, I'm talking about owning something, giving my homie some, teaching their youth how to survive, you owe me nothing, I'm just a young black man with a dream and a plan, these are my thoughts as I share them with the land, thoughts of an average show, just the thoughts of an average show, uh-huh. yeah. thoughts of an average show, just the thoughts of an average show, Welcome to the debut episode, season two premiere, Thoughts of an Average Joe podcast. My name is Troy Jackson, man, your favorite average Joe. And um, once again, man, I got Xavier on. What's going on, fam? How you living, man? What's up, man? I'm hey, good. man. I'm happy to be here, man. You know, I want to thank all the fans for rocking with me during the little uh, doing a little hiatus. But we back for season two, man. Back in full and live effect. Um, what, what you got in mind? What, what are we talking about today, man? We're talking about. The differences between prejudice and racism, okay, and how this impacts our society. All right, all right, go ahead. Tell me, tell me a little something about it. All right, so, so um, me and my girlfriend, we got into a debate, which I thought was like really interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was talking to me about a post, and uh, to make a long story short, basically there was this girl um, who went into the restaurant um, in in uh, Georgia. It's like Statesboro, Georgia. Okay, um, and. Basically, the girl got pretty bad service, you know what I'm saying? And because of the service that was so poor, um, you know, she she asked to speak to upper management. Upper management kind of played it along the lines of like, hey, if you can't afford something, why come into an establishment? Um, And her take on it was this is like super racist, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so the question that my girlfriend asked me was, you know, if you really think about it, um, do you see this as being racist or, or what's your opinion on it? And I was like, well, honestly, when you think about it, if I never saw her skin color and I just heard her talking about it, I would say this is just prejudice mm-hmm. because the moment that you assume somebody can't afford something mm-hmm. or somebody can't pay for it, mm-hmm. you're just judging them based off mm-hmm. of how they look. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whereas racism is just the belief that, you know, your race is superior to somebody else's. Correct. So I feel like... Um, 
from there, that kind of spanned like a little debate between us um, where we felt like what's more social socially prevalent in today's society? Is it the racism factor or is it the factor of people being prejudiced against one another because they just don't understand? And so I thought it was a really cool topic to have a conversation okay. on. I, I agree with that because I remember um, I was looking at something. It was uh, some video on Facebook and it was like, it was this. It was like an African American guy who, who who dressed like he was homeless, pretty much. And it was this other guy who dressed like he had a lot of money. And it was supposed to be like this new Mercedes or whatever. And so the homeless, the the African American guy comes in first, asks him to see the car that costs a lot of money. Then the guy was like, "I don't know if you can afford it." Then it was a, it was two. It was a white guy and a black girl. And then the black girl was served, was helping the homeless guy. And then the, well, the guy who dressed homeless, the African-American guy. And then the uh, white guy saw this other guy. He was about, like, maybe, like, Hispanic, dressed like he had money. And then he was like, yo, I want this car. And then he was like, yeah, they went in the back. But then come to find out his credit's poor. He ain't have no money. Meanwhile, when he comes out, the um, the African-American guy is talking to the African-American lady. And they're having a discussion. And then come to find out that the African-American guy is a millionaire, but he dresses the way that he dresses because he wants to see if people will still give him that same treatment and that same respect. So because the white guy was prejudiced, he lost out on a major sale. And then because also that in the video, the millionaire knew the boss. So the millionaire basically told the boss, make that lady the sales manager and make the and leave the other guy where he's at. And I was like, dad, that's a deep message. You can't be judging people off appearance because that yeah. come that can come back and bite you in the ass big it's, time it's like. crazy bro because like i feel like um like don't get me wrong racism is something that's like still uh relevant mm-hmm. in today's like society mm-hmm. um but i also feel like just like white people are racist black people also i can we, see that we make like like we're subliminally racist mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we'll we'll say things like they're still fucked up but it's like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be okay just because mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. we'll be in like we'll be in public and white people will be around me like man i'm tired of all these crackers you <laughs> know what i'm saying but like a white person be like man fuck all these niggas mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, what i'm saying it, it, it's like it, exactly it's like either way you look at it is it right just because you called him a cracker mm-hmm. or is it wrong because they called you a nigga mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like which one you know which one matters more mm-hmm. you know whereas when we really think about prejudice like we got people who i'm guilty of it a lot of times too man i, I see somebody homeless or i see somebody this and somebody like that i don't i don't even want to deal with them uh-huh. you know what i'm saying why don't i want to deal with them that's the question mm-hmm. like what is it they're human just like i am like where where is this feeling coming from mm-hmm. i think is the deep rooted question mm-hmm. i feel you on that um so speaking of race so about like probably about like the end of is it was it the end of two thousand? No. It was early two thousand twenty. And um <laughs> I'm at Chili's with a couple of my friends and we we chilling. It was probably maybe around right before the week before Martin Luther King weekend. And we just we chilling, having a good time, because you know they had they had the drink special. I don't drink, but I'm just there having a good time, they drinking, and there's this this uh, Caucasian lady that's sitting behind us and she's just like going off and I, I'm minding my business until she has the nerve to sit there and was like yo move nigger and I looked at her like yo you like if you lost your mind like so I, I waited I, the first time I didn't say anything and then the second time she said it she was like nigger move get the fuck out my way and I'm like so I got up 
And like, yo, Xavier, for like a quick second, I was about to lose it. Like, I was that close to losing it. Only thing that saved me was she was a oh, she was like a seventy year old white lady. So I'm like, I ain't trying to go to jail over no seventy year old white lady. But it was crazy because like, my friends held me back, and then there was a table across from us, and like they saw having like my fist locked, and so they came over to help me back and was like, yo, it's not worth it. Like I'm saying, people are still asshole these days. It's not worth it. Long story short. They ended up kicking her out. Uh, yeah, they ended up kicking her out the restaurant. So I was just—it was just crazy because, like, I've never—you know—we've heard stories of our parents going through that, but I've never—I've never experienced anything like that until that day. And I was just taken back, like, yo, like I knew racism still exists, but to experience it firsthand is something completely different. Yeah, I think um, for me, so like, I, I was I, once again I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and for me, like, growing up in Georgia, mm-hmm. like, um, and moving to Florida. It's like two totally different atmospheres. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like to me, sometimes I look at Florida as like kind of like a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Like you have the opportunity to experience so many different cultures, and then on top of that, you had the opportunity to date so many different races mm-hmm. and it not be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in South Carolina or Georgia or where anywhere in the deep South that you go to, you see a black man with a white woman. It's judgment from both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's not an issue of uh, just a white woman look, or, my, or a white man having a problem with it. A black woman also has a problem with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, whereas you move to Florida, it's a, you know what I'm saying? It's an, it's an accepted yeah, thing. it's like an everyday thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise to go out in public and see a white a white woman with mm-hmm. a black black dude mm-hmm. or a, a, black, a white man with a black woman. It, people, people accept that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, to get to the point, like, I think when you grow up and you have that mindset of I'm going to stay in my lane as a black man mm-hmm. and just stick to strictly black women mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm a, I'm so associate with my group of people mm-hmm. and the white people are over there mm-hmm. it still creates that that racism and it but it, but it also creates that mental segregation whereas I I'm identifying with my group of people and they identify with their group of people mm-hmm. whereas the struggle comes in where it's like if I don't understand why that group of people is the way they are, how can we ever have a common ground? See, I feel you on that. My whole thing is that's exactly where you're coming from. Me personally, I don't date white women just because of the simple fact that kind of feed it back and off of what you said. I don't think they can understand what I go through. Like if we get stopped by the police, you may act different than how I act because my hands going to be up on the wheel. I'm fearing for my life. You may be talking all this crazy nonsense or, or the police may just, uh, be prejudiced against me and assume that I'm doing something to you, even though like I'm really not. And I don't want to take that risk. You feel me? But I get where you coming from. Like I, I don't have no problem with white women. I just ain't. I ain't dating one. I yeah. ain't dating one because of that, and I ain't dating one because just of the simple fact. I don't. I just don't want to have my kids go through that. Oh well, have to, I? I rather just have them be all black and have that black experience as opposed to well, my mom's my mom's white. My dad's black and you having two different experiences when it comes to the police. You having two different people trying to tell you what to do when only really you know what's best for you. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What's the black experience? It's crazy because I have really have an episode <laughs> called the African-American experience. I just feel like when it comes to me, the black experience is the reason why I want my kids just to be African-American is because I know what as a people we went through. I'm not necessarily versed on what other cultures went through, and I don't really, I'm not saying I don't want to find out, but 
I just I'd rather just have my kid be all black if that makes sense. Just because of the simple fact that if you you have two different experiences and two different people trying to tell you stuff, you may get confused from one person to the next person. But I feel like and it it could happen if if you're African American as well. But I feel like if you're African American, at least you know exactly what you come where you come from. Like I know for I had a friend for example, um and her kid was her her kid was her kid was light skinned, but he was black. But a lot of people in the school thought that he was mixed because he was light skinned. So he came home and he was like, "Mom, people are telling me I'm mixed and I'm black. I just want to be black. That's all I want to be." And she had to break it down to him. That's what I want to avoid. If that makes sense. I get what you're saying. I think like at the same time though, do you think white people have that same mindset? Where they just want to be, where they just wanted to be white. Yeah. I don't feel like this, our generation does. Because you saying you want your kid to have the black experience mm-hmm. that, so they could turn around and say, I want my child to have the white experience. I'm fine with them. If they just want to date white people, I'm fine with that. I don't, when but it comes to. Here's where the problem okay. comes in. If, if it's okay for us to vocalize that. But the moment they vocalize something like that, it then becomes an issue. See, I see where you're coming from. It's not an issue with me, but okay. it's an issue with most people. But that's that's what I'm saying. Correct. So we're, we're, we're not just talking about you here. Correct, correct. We're talking because me as a black man, I also, I, I feel comfortable dating my race because mm-hmm. I, I relate to you a lot on a lot of those points, mm-hmm. right? But also me, me being an open black man and realizing that some of the same feelings that I have culturally, mm-hmm. white people probably express those or have those same interests, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not me saying... The biggest point that I'm trying to that I'm I'm trying to make here is racism goes on both sides. Correct. It's not just a white thing. I agree with you hundred percent. Right. As black people, I think sometimes like if you hear a black person be like, Man, we're the we're the superior race, we're this, we're this, it's like Okay, I, I see where you're coming from because I'm a brother just like you, mm-hmm. I'm black just like you, but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like as a white person, how do you think they think about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How do you think they feel? Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's an issue. Right now, whereas I think the treatments differ is because. okay, so if we if we think about a comparison of two things, right, uh, this is off topic, the Black Panthers. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're thinking about compare and contrast Black Panthers and KKK. Mm -hmm. Right. They're both supremacy groups. Mm -hmm. Right. But the difference is Black Panthers were for all people, Mm -hmm. not just for the white people. Exactly. Right. But they also promoted black interests, black black uh black growth mm-hmm. black power things like that right they them that was their message but at the same time they didn't try any violence towards people exactly. they opened up their doors towards everybody and helped out all men mm-hmm. but they promoted they promoted the black interest mm-hmm. right whereas you got the KKK which only promote white supremacy exactly right so two groups similar messages but what about it two separate ways? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so it's like back to the original statement where it's like for you to say like I just want my kid to have the black experience. Well, why don't you just say I want my kid to have a life experience? Okay. Because through life we go through similar situations mm-hmm. regardless if we're white or black. Mm-hmm. It's just the way we interpret it. Correct. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like as a white man, you could probably feel like <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Um, hmm. 
I don't know, like, like, how do you, like, as a white man, if if you were a white man and your your son was dating a, a a black girl, or your daughter brought home a black man, what would your, you know, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, and I we I have, we had had a topic on the interracial relationships in season one. I think the issue is not so much with our generation, but it's so much dealing with our parents' generation. I think is where. I think our generation is fine with interracial dating. Okay. But I think when it comes to our parents' generation, that's where the real problem is. Because they be like, I've seen plenty of stories where I've had my friends date white girls, and then she come bring them home, and it was like, yo, it's either one or the other. It's either him or us. Because we, we don't want him. We don't want you dating him. But so, why? Where does that feeling come from? Like, <sighs> Is it a fear or is it a... Unacceptance. I want probably. I would say it's an unacceptance because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people from. Uh, but our, could you consider that racist? Like, is that racist? I would consider that prejudice. So I you would consider that prejudice? Yeah, I wouldn't really consider that racist because they may not have a problem with. Black but if people. he was a black man and came in their house dating their black son or black daughter or whatever, it would be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. But, but because he's white, there's a it's a problem. Because it could go both ways. That's what I'm saying. It could, it could go both ways. Like, my parents always told me, you can date whoever you want. We would just like it if you date somebody that is in your culture. Because you don't necessarily know different type of cultures, how different people eat, how you, you know, anything, how, how that can mesh. And I get where they're coming from. But I know when it comes to... Because I got a couple friends who are in a relationships, and I know for them it's difficult because the the black side of the family could be cool, the white side of the family could not like it, or the white side of the family could be cool, and the black, and the black side, side of the family could be yeah. like, you know what, like, mm, we, we, you know what I'm saying, like, they, we've been through enough of that, they held us as slaves back in the day, and, and you, you know, you, why are you dating them? So yeah. I see both sides of it. I mean, I just feel like we should all just be able to get along at this point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we should have been involved as a people to be able to get to this point. But I do feel like the whole President Trump getting elected, I felt like he, I felt like he exposed the racism that was still there. Because I've always felt like it was racism, but it was, it was very low key until he got in the office. And now everything's just been upgraded to a much higher level. That's a, that's a, I think that's a. That's a true point, but I don't, I don't, um, I'm not going to say anything around the racism part. Mm-hmm. Of it. I'm going to say more so around the prejudice part. Okay. Like, I'm going to say he exposed a lot of the prejudice that we're still towards. Correct. The African-American culture. Correct. Because I've never, like, Trump's never come out publicly and mm-hmm. said, I don't like black people. Mm-hmm. I'm here to support the the face of white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just said, I'm trying to make America better. As mm-hmm. a American people, right mm-hmm. now, when we think about that, how does that impact the black man, and how does that impact the white man, mm-hmm. right? Well, right now, as we see, it's affecting both of us. Correct. It's not just affecting a black people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when we really sit back and think of it, for President Trump to be in house during the time that he was in house, did he did he negatively impact black people, or did he? positively impact white people or what happened already or are we all just affected we all just affected you see what i'm saying so you re- so when people say stuff like that like i feel like i'm not saying you're ignorant i, I feel like they should just educate themselves okay. more so on like 
the policies that that are passed as well as the things that are impacted. Mm-hmm. I think what the what Trump did was he was able to capture a group of people that had a certain image of America. Mm-hmm. And because he was able to capture that image of people that had a certain image of America, he was able to win America. And what we also realized was the power of the Electoral College. Yep. And we and people needed to pay more attention to who they were electing into the Senate as mm-hmm. well as who they were electing into their districts. Mm-hmm. And I think once people started realizing the system of checks and balances and how a president actually gets elected, I think then they started realizing, okay, the importance behind the populist vote really doesn't matter. Exactly. Right. So, so now what that tells you is a lot of people in our Senate that are making these laws, you got to go back and ask yourself, are they for you? Mm-hmm. Or are they against you? Not just, are they for the black people mm-hmm. or for the white people? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's my opinion on Trump. Like I'm neither positive nor negative on Trump. I think He's done during our time, during his time in presidency. I think there are some policies that I agree with Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of policies that I don't agree with. Um, I think his conversation as far as like introducing new ideas and addressing media, I think he does a poor job of. Um, But I also think he is transparent and he's himself. Mm -hmm. So I I can respect that from Uh, like, you you know what I'm saying? From Mm -hmm. a presidential standpoint, I can respect somebody being unapologetically themselves Mm -hmm. what i what i don't respect is when you have previous presidents that we don't talk about that pass policies and certain things happen and they they were against the black man but yet we still support that president the clinton's getting a big pass bro bro (laughs) Bro. (laughs) i didn't want to drop any names but that's my point you know what i'm saying like like, bro so many people were like bill clinton was the best president ever but it's like bro do you realize during bill Clinton's presidency, so many black men were locked up in jail. Still locked up. Still locked up in jail. So many laws that were passed Mm -hmm. causing black men and black women to be locked up in Mm -hmm. jail, to be uh, persecuted for unjustful crimes. Mm -hmm. Like, did you do your research on any of that? But Bill Clinton was obviously the best president we've had as a black people. That's crazy to me. That sounds that sounds like it's as wild. It's it baffles my mind because it's like. If you like the media really controls the way us as people think. Bro, that's another episode for another day. But that's but that's but it's mm-hmm. like but it all goes hand in hand. That's why exactly. I say like when you really think about it, is racism our biggest problem? No, not really. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it, it keeps getting stirred up because it's how it's controlled. Exactly. It's easier for me to control a gr- one group of people instead of a entire populace mm-hmm. of people. You know what I'm saying? If you're constantly fed it, you're going to believe it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, if you look at the way the media portrays racism Mm -hmm. and the way it portrays prejudice, like, like, okay, the comment that was made about LeBron James being Mm -hmm. an uneducated athlete and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, like, Mm -hmm. just shut up and dribble, Mm -hmm. right? Was that really, was that racist or was that prejudice? That was prejudice. Right? Mm -hmm. So you think about it, that being prejudice. And you going back to it, and then the way that the media portrayed it, the way that social media portrays mm-hmm. stuff. Now you got us as a black people. We're still mad at white people mm-hmm. for something to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like I give you a perfect example. Like we could talk about 
rest in peace Kobe Bryant how like when he died it was everybody talking about oh he's a rapist but technically the case got thrown out so we don't necessarily all I know is by law he jumped the case got thrown out he wasn't even found not guilty the case got thrown out but yet I feel like white people some Caucasians are quick to bring that up whenever a black person dies that's famous oh he did this and this but y'all ain't even checking your own people Brock Turner literally raped the girl Mm. and y'all don't check him at all y'all don't check him at all (laughs) <laughs> like you know what I'm saying Like y'all don't Y'all don't check him at all Y'all just cool with You know Y'all Y'all just cool Y'all <laughs> Y'all cool with whatever And I just be like Yo If you gonna say something About one person Make sure you say the same thing About the other person Facts. It, You know what I'm saying You can't sit there And You, you know what I'm saying Just like the, it was the uh, The other girl Who uh, accused Brian Banks Yeah I know and then, Yeah, And I'm just like Yo like Y'all be y'all be out here messing up lives, and y'all be but that that's not just Caucasian. That's that's African American women do the same thing. Facts. They do Preach. the same thing. Preach, they do bro. the same thing, Preach. but it's not as it doesn't get as glorified as it does when a white when, woman does. It. Yes, yeah. when a white woman does, because it's like yo, y'all keep pulling us back, but we understand as people, it's women in general do that. You know what I'm saying? Just like men mess up women's lives, women mess up men's lives. Facts all the way. That's why I say, man, like. Prejudice is is something that is is eating us alive. The judgment of man, the the, the self awareness of well unawareness of self, mm-hmm. as well as unawareness of other cultures. I think that's the biggest thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really think about it, man. Like I think that's the one thing that I do. Um, I do see the segregation in for black people and white people is the fact of the things that black people are able to be accessible to Mm -hmm. or have or have at their their like have just there Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like if you you grow up in a white family or a white culture or things like that they're they're used to traveling overseas Mm -hmm. or going out of the country or even Mm -hmm. going out of state you know Mm -hmm. going from place to place going around just seeing new stuff whereas you got a majority a large group of black people that haven't even been outside of their neighborhood exactly you know what i'm saying so really all they know is that small exactly area mm-hmm. you know and so i think you can ask yourself one or two things like is it the the are they a product of their environment or is it the fact that they just decided to not take advantage of the things that were given to them i think it's a mix of both because i feel like you could be a product of your environment but you could still branch out like when we were younger my dad won a lot of conferences so my dad my parents made a point to take us with them so like when we were younger, you know what I'm saying, we've been to Cali, we've been to Arizona, like we've been most places other people haven't been. And then we went on a cruise to the Bahamas, but I also know people that just stay in one spot. And I'm like, yo, like, why are you afraid to branch out? Mm-hmm. Like, is it because you want to be close to home or is it because you're too afraid to be out there on your own? Because mm-hmm. my parents, they've been waiting to kick me out. <laughs> they've been waiting to kick me out and they've been telling me, well, you move. They was like, they was like, we don't even, we don't need you in the same state. We want you somewhere where you can, Facts. you know, what I'm saying, be on your own to where, like, you know, you can't come home for a meal. Like, no, Facts. you need to be out, experience the life. Like, that's why, like, um, I'm so proud of my uh, middle brother because he he graduated from UCF and then took a leap of faith and moved out of Chicago. And Chicago's been scary. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, what I'm saying he's been out there, he's been out there ever since. And you know, what I'm saying he comes home during the holidays and stuff like that but he's gotten another experience and he's and he's done traveled the world like he's been to africa he's been to china he's been to cuba you know what i'm saying he's been a bunch of places 
And so it's like, yo, I commend him so much because it's like, I want to do that too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How I want to leave where I'm at, go experience other stuff, and then come back. So that way, I'm, you know I'm saying I'm more coach. I'm supposed to just stay in one spot. You can never grow if you just stay in in one spot he's a lot more versed now exactly you know and and the cool thing is i bet if you talk to him about interracial relationships or the way he thinks about stuff he'll his opinion will probably change Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like don't get me wrong i'm not saying i want to date white women or because my girlfriend's black Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that but what i am saying is i'm open enough to understand how to accept another culture Mm -hmm. and i'm also i'm also self-aware to the fact that subliminally these 26 years of my life or the 20 the 20 or so years of my life i have been you know somebody that's been racist Mm -hmm. or somebody that has had prejudiced thoughts towards Mm -hmm. another culture another race Mm -hmm. and what my my challenge to most people is think outside of the box you know what i'm saying and also challenge yourself and really go back and ask yourself like am i are the things that I'm I'm subliminally saying to myself, are, is this racist? Mm-hmm. Am I being prejudiced? Am mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying, doing things that are causing to the problem? Or mm-hmm. am I, like, trying to find a solution? Because mm-hmm. I think so many people, instead of, like, trying to find a solution, they're quick to continue to talk about the problem. And us, we always are constantly talking about the problem. We're talking about the problem mm-hmm. always, right? These these black men that were killed, right, but through police brutality, through police violence, what happens from that is a span of frustration and anger because mm-hmm. we're not taught to communicate, we're not taught to understand, we're taught through violence, mm-hmm. right? If you look back all the way to slavery, right, how how were slaves disciplined? Violence, right? Mm-hmm. And what is what does violence do to you? Builds up to me, builds up a rage. So. It builds up a rage, but it mm-hmm. also builds up a subliminal fear. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a child, right, one of the first things as a child, if you pop them, if you hurt yourself, you probably won't do that again mm-hmm. because you don't want to cause a physical pain. It's mm-hmm. like, it's mental. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so now you're thinking back to hundreds of years of that that mental violence that's been caused, mm-hmm. and now you have this outrage right to where the only way we know how to express ourselves sometimes is through violence it's an eye for an eye like you hurt me i'm gonna hurt you Mm -hmm. right and then we say well talking doesn't work okay cool maybe talking doesn't work but what else what other resources do we do right well like like our forefathers what they would do is they boycotted places right Mm -hmm. they 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 hurt them where where it really hurts you know what i'm saying like you could destroy something and they could rebuild it and we'll still be stupid enough to go back and purchase it (laughs) you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like but when you start taking away people's money Mm -hmm. then you start listening and see i think us as a matter of fact hold on let me touch on that let let me let me uh let me get my my sponsor real quick and we're gonna come back to that cool man all right all right I believe you're 100% right. Because us as a people, when we see things like when H&M had that little span or when Target has that little span or whatever, it's like, yo, we're not going to support them, but we don't go through with it. And you're 100% right. The only way to really get to get to these companies' heads is to hit them where it hurts. Because 
they get most of the black dollar. <laughs> they get all of the black exactly. dollar. Exactly. We can't it's say just, most. It's just we don't if we were to be like, you know what, we're done with you, I guarantee you we would they would change. But because we don't we don't follow through with the plan, it's like, oh, okay, we continue to do this and this. Yeah, we may lose we may lose them for like a week or two and then bam, they're right back at it. Like see, most most people don't realize like black people were a minority. Okay, regardless of how many black people you see walking down the mm-hmm. street, it does not matter. You can go and you'll feel like a minority when you move to certain places and yep. then you realize how how scarce we are. Mm-hmm. Right. There are certain areas that are more highly populated with black people. So it makes you feel like you're growing, you're mm-hmm. mass. But at the end of the day, we still are kind of a minority. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There are there. Are, when you add it up, there are more white people than there are black people. Facts. It's just what it is. But at the same time. Black people are more so along the mentality of consume by die, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm going to consume as much product as I can because I want to. I want to. I have to. I have to show that I'm better than everybody mm-hmm. else. It's that constant urge going back to that violent nature that I have to show you I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And the only way I know how to show you that I'm better than you is by purchasing more product than you have. When right? all, when all actuality, if we really want to show how much we're better than them. We could just sit there, save, build land expand but no we everything is so material with us and that's our problem as opposed to okay we have black wall street that got tore down we want to rebuild that we got to do everything we did before but now we're so consumed with material items that isn't going to create generational wealth for us ask yourself why do you think black wall street never got rebuilt Hmm. i felt like this is my personal opinion. I felt like us as a people, we complain too much as opposed to trying to rebuild it. And so, therefore, we just got caught up in material things and we just got caught up in, okay, well, they got this. We'll just do that as opposed to doing what we need to do. Like, if you if you look at other people, like, I, I'd be thinking, I'd be like, hold up. Like, I saw this on Facebook and it was so true. I'm like, is it that we're poor? Or is it that we don't we don't invest well because the Chinese and the Koreans be having be having stores in the hood? <laughs> why why can't we have stores in? You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Bro, it goes back to my it goes back to my point, bro. We're afraid. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Subliminally, we're afraid. Like, I don't think what people understand is, bro. Like, we're most people are scared to die, right or wrong. Right. right, right. Difference between a black man and a white man is religion. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference. Okay, most I don't care what you say. Majority of white America probably really doesn't even believe in God. Okay, I could agree they with that. they probably find the find the little intricate pieces of the Bible that mm-hmm. they can pick apart because they're logical thinkers. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas black man, we we have a belief system. That's how we've we've. We, we raised our culture off of a belief system mm-hmm. and the, our belief system is based off of fear. Mm. Mm. I want you to really process that. Mm. Break it down to him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 yo, really think about that, bro. Like everything that we've been taught in our entire life is based off of fear. Yeah, everything, bro. As a black man. I can agree with that. And so, like, my belief is Black Wall Street never rematerialized because of fear. Because the moment that it was destroyed, it scared them. Mm -hmm. They were scared. 
because they did not want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Whereas you think about when we go and burn down neighborhoods, we don't burn down their shit. We burn down our shit. Mm-hmm. Is that backwards to you? That makes no sense, yo. That makes no, no sense. sense. And then what happens is we then have to take the money that we purchase mm-hmm. and the, well, the money that we have and go purchase their products. Right? It's like we setting ourselves back. Tenfold. For no reason. Right? And so it's an endless cycle. That's why when you really think about it, the riots, the violences, destruction and stuff, that doesn't help. And what you say is, as a younger community, we say, oh, no, nah, this is what we got to do to be heard. No. What you have to do to be heard is stop making online purchases. Mm-hmm. Start learning how to. It's not protest. It's action. It goes back to. <laughs> it's a silent protest. Mm-hmm. Because you can be. You can. What your mama used to tell you. Be seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a reason why they said that. You can see me. And I can do more damage than I can speak to you. Mm-hmm. Because when you listen, you have to truly listen in order to get, understand somebody's message. But, when, but, as, but you're going to always see me in front of you. There's nothing you can do unless you're blind to not be able to see me. Mm. Right? And in order for me, in order for us to hurt people, we have to take away their money. In order for things mm-hmm. to change, we have to take away money. Mm-hmm. The consumer has to stop purchasing those products. Mm-hmm. Right? All the all the life utensils or our utilities and things like that that we need to survive can all be funded through us. Mm-hmm. Everything. I agree with you. Everything. I agree with you. Take discipline, and I, I think us as us as a people, we don't have that. But it's it's a like that's why that's why King was so powerful, bro, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why King was killed because King understood how to deliver a message consciously to people who have been subliminally mistreated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love Malcolm X and, and Marcus Garvey was another, another great. Um, but the difference between those and King was King understood how to be seen and not always be heard. Mm-hmm. And then the message, the messages that he would deliver to people weren't always against like white people they were they were just inspirational Mm -hmm. it made you as a person feel like i'm here i'm seen i'm relevant what i'm doing is okay Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying what i'm what i'm working towards is is actually needed right at that time they protested for us to get in the door now we're in Mm -hmm. the door all right the way that we continue the fight is we protest to get it shut down Mm mm-hmm the way we get it shut down is stop funding it. I agree. Like, hey, I'm here. You got me. Thank you, King. You took me to the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut that shit down and I'm going to get my shit started mm-hmm. up. Facts. That's how you do it, man. Facts. That's all facts. Yes, this man out here speaking knowledge today. Y'all, I need y'all to listen. <laughs> he preaching. I need y'all to listen. I agree with you, man. I agree with you like 1,000%. Because I always just be sitting, I be thinking like, yo, if the Chinese can open up stores in the hood, like, what's stopping us? <laughs> what's, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's, what, if the Koreans can do it, what's stopping us? Everything's stopping us, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we have this? It's the craziest thing in the world to me, man. It's, 
the craziest thing in the world to me. <laughs> and I just, just be sitting there going like, yo, like, I just be looking like, yo, we as a people, like, we have got to do better. Because otherwise, like you said, this is going to be the same cycle and we're never going to get out of it. And it's nah, gonna it's gonna, gonna keep stuck, bro. It's gonna we just gonna be stuck we're in the same cycle, recycling it generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. And like a lot of people, in my personal opinion, pinned a lot of hope on Obama. On Obama doing this for us and doing that for us. But like we said earlier in the episode, the president don't really got a lot of control. So therefore it's like you getting mad at him when it's really it's hard if your president is Democrat. Mm. But the Senate, Senate is Republican, Congress is Republican. It ain't nothing we can really do. Facts. It ain't nothing we can really do. Facts. And like you said earlier, until we realize that and put the people in position, nothing's going to get done. Facts. And I, and I, and I want to say, man, like, I don't, I don't, me personally, I'm, um, I don't really have either Democratic mm-hmm. or Republican views. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, I see a lot of just things, uh, from, the conservative side. Because at the well. end of the day, they all work for the same person in my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, you, you're really all trying to accomplish the same mm-hmm. goal. It's just the way you view it is yep. differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of black people identify with Democratic, um, which is okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our views are conservative views, mm-hmm. which is also strange to me. And then when we think about how the party started, the Republican Party was actually more black. Exactly. Then it was. It's crazy how it just switched because it, it, we started off and the Republican Party was strictly that was it was mainly for the black people and somewhere along the way it just media, exactly, exactly. Oh man, oh, <laughs> just like yo, oh man, I got to get you on to do that episode because that 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 right there. Oh man, it's just, <sighs> bro, it's. I, I always listen to like like I said, Marcus Garvey, bro, is like somebody who got me really thinking differently, bro. He has this um this speech that he gave on the knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. Right? And he doesn't talk about just black man. He says the difference between black man and white man is that they have the knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. All right. And basically the knowledge of self means that I understand what my limitations are, but I also understand what my capabilities are. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a black man, we know we have no we have more knowledge of our limitations Tations. than we do our capabilities. Yeah, exactly. It's like we know we can't do it's like we know we're limited to doing this, but have we really stopped to think are we capable of doing that? And nine out of ten we are. It just goes back to us being afraid, like you said. We too afraid. That's like weird. I'll put it like this. I feel like when it comes to entrepreneur entrepreneurism, the Caucasian race will have no fear. If it don't work, it don't work. But with us, it's more like, yo, I can't afford to fail. So instead of trying this and seeing where it goes, you know what? I'll just continue to work this nine to five. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Caucasian race is out there. You know what? I'm done working for them. Let me do let me do my own stuff. Yeah. And then bam, it's a hit. And everybody say, well, why can't we do that? Because we're not, we're not afraid to take those. Well, you know, to take also, those too, you know, it's. They're like they um their family said. Correct. Different. It's, 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 it's Where, a little bit easier. For like them. most, most of our family's generation goes back. Um, if we really think about it, it goes back. So a hundred years ago was not that long ago. It really was, right? So if we're thinking, my grandmother, like my grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, her mother was in slavery. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my grandmother grew up picking cotton mm-hmm. during like the um, 
our civil rights. Yeah, my parents were in the civil rights era, so it's it, you know, it like seems my mom like, was civil rights. Exactly, it seems long, but it's really not. It's it's really not, and the and the, and that's the difference between us and them is that stability. Mm-hmm. You know, that financial that financial financial wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like that that structure of how their family was set up. Whereas you have us, we 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 were set back a mm-hmm. hundred years, mm-hmm. so it's up to our generation to start that building you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like my mom's generation they they got us going mm-hmm. right and then you were born and now you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. take us to that next level exactly and it's like i was telling my girl my girlfriend that like one of my goals is to take my family and plateau us to that next level okay Right. I want to break that ceiling. Mm-hmm. I want to break the ceiling of this is where we are financially. Now this is where we are. So mm-hmm. when my kids come, it's more of a common ground or a common understanding. My father was able to do this. Mm-hmm. So this is where I need to be. Exactly. And what happens is that it, it, it occurs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be a celebrity or a basketball player or a rapper in order to have financial growth. Mm-hmm. And then even the problem is, is when we do have those athletes, times out of 10, is they're not educated properly financially. So it's even when they retire, it's like they're still back in our shoes because they don't went through, they don't went through everybody giving them, giving people money or having people use them. And now it's like, yo, you made all this money, but what do you have to show for it? Which is nothing. That's why like, I'm always a big, I'm always big on whether, let's say, let's say like, like what Damian Lillard did, how Damian Lillard went to the pros, went back and got his education. I'm always keen on that because, especially for an athlete, if you've known basketball your own life and you get into like a major injury and then, bam, your career is done, what do you have to fall back on? You need something to fall back on so you continue, continue to make that money, continue to make sure that your family sets so you can have that generational wealth for your, your kids and their kids. And you know what I'm saying? And so you go on and on and on. Bro, it's... It's the craziest thing to me, man, because, like, as you grow older, you just realize, like, the odds that are stacked against you just in life, mm-hmm. not just being a black man or a white man. You just realize, like, it's so much bigger. Like, every day that you wake up is a blessing. Mm, exactly. That's the first step. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I woke up today. Wow. So you still got a purpose. You still you still here for a reason. That's new. Like I woke up today. Mm-hmm. Hold on, there, the day is real. Like I don't think a lot of people realize that, man. Like each day that is created is a new day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they realize like today is a brand new day. Exactly. It's not like it was a simulation of yesterday's. Because mm-hmm. if it was, the the clouds would look similar. Exactly. The air would taste the same. Everything everything about today is new and it's being created mm-hmm. right in front of our eyes. Every second is like yep. being created. Like my that's parents, crazy. Bro. My parents always told me they was like, "Tomorrow's a new day, so don't bring yesterday's worries into into tomorrow." And I always looked and I was like, "Yo, you're right," because the moment you start bringing yesterday's problems into tomorrow's future is you you're gonna keep having the same issues you're gonna keep having the same issues because you're not looking at it from that perspective like you talked about i agree with you 100 percent on that and when it is a new day you got to attack it and try to make the best of it you have to that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing oh my god bro like that you have the to biggest thing because if you because if you don't it's like yo if, if, if you're not trying to make the most of it 
then you're you're wasting a day and you may you, you may be like you may be able to lose money, you may be able to make that back, but you can't get time back. Time is one thing you can't get back. No, bro, it feels like just the other day I was twenty one. I know, right? I like <laughs> I still remember when I graduated middle school and when I graduated high school and here I am thirty years old, like, yo, where did the time go? Like people may think forever's so, like people may think like you know what I'm saying like like sixties old, but it's really not. Not you, at all. You just look like, yo, like. <laughs> just the other day, it was 19. Exactly. It was, it was like, 18, you know what I'm saying? You know like, what I'm saying? Like, and now it's like, dang, like, here I am. I still haven't done anything with my life at 60 years old. Oh, how I wish I could go back and do this and this, but you can't get that time back. So that's why I be trying to tell everybody, man, like, you got to make the most of the day while you're alive. Because if not, like, well, at the end of the day, what you got to show for it? Big facts, man. Like what? What what do you got to show for it at the end of the day? Like that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Like when I do eventually perish from this earth, I don't want to sit there and just be like, "Yo, I did nothing with my life." Like that's unacceptable. Big fact. That's definitely unacceptable. It's the scariest part of life, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not not really living it. Exactly, just living it, but not experiencing it. You're just trying to get by day by day, hoping things to get better, as opposed to you know. Experience in life because life is short, and the grand scheme of things, life is short. So it's better to experience it than just live it. And then when you're deathbed, looking like, "Dang, I wish I would have did this." I wish I would have did something different. Exactly, but it's too late now. And just be like, "Yo, why? Why didn't? Why didn't I take that chance and do this? As of why didn't I take that chance and and start that company instead of working for the man? And then next thing you know, they laid me off and I'm back at square one. But if I'd have been working for a company. I'd have been straight. Like one of my one of my listeners said this and always stuck with me. Like she said that um she was like so she she she's never going to school for journalism, but she does a lot of editing. And so she started a website. And during that website basically it just has all the piece that she's edited for her friends and stuff. So that way if she ever let's say something happened with a job, she ever wanted to get into that, she has a website. So technically she's been in that business for five years, she has something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yo, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart as hell. That's smart as hell. Because the other kids have, so even if you even if you do fall on hard times, you have that other maneuver that you've been doing on the side to where technically you never went to school for, but you have a you business. Still, you still built. You exactly. still built up, yeah. You still built up. And I was like, yo, that is, that's smart. That's why I say, man, the biggest issue today is not racism, but prejudice. Mm-hmm. We have to first understand each other. We have to first get to a common ground with each other, talk to one another. So, you know, that's my challenge to your listeners. Like, let's get over the social prejudice. Let's get over our own feelings. Let's break those limitations. Let's actually get a chance to know somebody. Whether you're white, black, brown, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, Jamaican, Mm -hmm. Hindu. Just take time to understand. Most definitely, man. This was fun. Yeah, I love it. This was definitely fun, man. Um, you coming out with any new music soon? What's going on? Man, so life has been crazy these past, like, eight, nine months. Like, um, I really want to work on the album and the project, bro, but, like, I kind of got set back because it was, like, when I moved from Florida to South Carolina, it's, like, if any of you guys have never been to South Carolina, I know, no, I'm not talking shit, but it's just nothing there. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, like, it's just been an adjustment for my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in a weird space. You know what I'm saying? Because 
I move to someplace where I don't know anybody, mm-hmm. and then it's nothing there, and like, it's like you're starting over, but you don't know anybody, and there's nothing there. So yeah. it was like, how do I start over? So I'm just starting over, man. Mm-hmm. So it's, a lot of times it's hard to like work on the on a project mm-hmm. because it's like I just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everything in my life right now is just so new. You know what I'm saying? Like, got a new girlfriend, mm-hmm. new new job, new focus, like. I'm learning about myself, mm-hmm. you know, and then you move by yourself someplace. It's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you learn about yourself real quick. You know what real I'm saying? Real like, quick. And so it's like, it's like now I'm kind of like refocusing the album, whereas like before I had a clear direction because it was like, it's like you move here and like I moved from Georgia to here. And so it's like me moving from Georgia to here, like I met people in college mm-hmm. and then you kind of grow up together and mm-hmm. you depend on those people. You become reliant on those mm-hmm. people. You don't realize how much they're a part of your life until you move to a whole another state again exactly. by yourself this mm-hmm. time. And it's like, oh, mm. I don't really like you guys. I don't really. <laughs> I don't really know anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of music do I write? Like, exactly. What? Who? Who am I? Exactly. I feel like that's a big transition for you because, Huge. and I can see why you you will put that off a little bit because when it comes to like I I I made projects but nothing like you know serious serious but music is a reflection of your life. So if you're not hundred percent sure what you're doing or where you're or or how it plays out, I'd rather have you wait than try to put something out to please the fans. And it's like, yo, where was he trying to go with this? Yeah, and, and then too, man, like I really don't have a fan base. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm smart enough to know what I want to do and how I want to attack it, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm fearful that you know music is a part of me. Mm-hmm. So like I'm sharing something that's a part of me. So it's like when you put your music out there, you're it's not just you're putting you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and you you're giving people the opportunity to say i don't like you very you're making much. yourself vulnerable yeah mm-hmm. and that's that it takes a lot of like it takes a lot to do that mm-hmm. and you know especially like when you're singing it's like it's like damn bro like you just you telling me you don't like me like <laughs> this is who i am bro like mm-hmm. just you know mm-hmm. and growing up on like social media and stuff it's like that's what you want you want people to like you you mm-hmm. want people to want to be your friend you want people to want to share your music you want that support and when you don't get that it's like damn what am i doing mm-hmm. am i wasting my time i agree with so you. like that's that's hard for me so like i agree with you 100 because if this i tell you right now like the only reason why i'm still doing this if if, if i had the first couple episodes and it wasn't <laughs> popular like i thought it was this would have been done like the sports one isn't doing as well as this one but because this one is doing so well i know i can see the sports one growing yeah. but if i would have did this and like i was so blessed when i first started this no way in the world did i think i was gonna have a hundred and like five people listen to my first episode <laughs> and then like i remember you was like probably like the third let me see it was mel you was probably like the third guest on there and i remember our first episode did like 75 plays in that first day and that was new to me and i'm just like yo like if it wasn't for people actually listening this would have just i'd have been like all right i tried this this ain't gonna work i'm not like when you was like telling me about the the song Mm -hmm. i was like bro what yes (laughs) yo people people like my stuff people love that song (laughs) bro like what like people people actually like me yes like people you understand yo people be asking me they be like 
there's this there's this one girl this is one lady she's about like she's she's about like five six years older than me uh she's i call her my big sis cc and every time i have a every time i have you on every time i hear that song she'd be like tell xavier i said hey <laughs> it's like yo <laughs> it's like you got many groupies out here bro i'd be sitting there going like yo that's why i just be like that's why i'm just so happy to have you like do my intro for both seasons because it's like yo i know where you can go and i know people actually listen to your music like whenever i sit there and i post a song of yours on the episode they'd be like yo why isn't this guy drop music i'm like give it time it's coming. They was like, yo, because the the whole the intro, they were like, yo, the intro is fire. Like, you got a whole theme song. I'm like, I know. They were like, it's so different because never you hear, like, people on podcasts, it's just, yo, like, welcome to such and such podcast. And they say, like, it's this is, let's say it's three people. Like, this is Rob, Joe, and Lindy or whatever. But And that's it. But you have a whole actual little intro that you can get connected to, that you can vibe with before you even... Thanks. before you even get yeah. to the podcast and that's why I, and when i got you to do it i was like i already knew this was going to be fire like i said and then when you came out with it i woke up i was like oh shit <laughs> yo like this is a hit and then I, I was like let me let me send this to a few other people I sent it to like 10 people and they was like yo that's fire and that's gonna take your podcast to the next level because you know what i'm saying like when i be listening to podcasts i'd be like yo they got if they got a bomb intro I'm more likely to listen to what they got to listen more listen to what they got to say than just like if it, if just no intro at all. I'm like, all right, let me get through the first ten minutes. If you got a bomb yeah. intro, I'm I'm, I'm you, more you, you all in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You all in, man. Now I was, I mean, like it was. I gotta. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanna, I definitely wanna put some music out. Uh, music, music has been like a passion of mine for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I gotta get out of my own way. I got you. I feel you. Know, you. So it's that's why I commend people like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easier for me to get on a podcast mm-hmm. and, 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 like, talk my shit than it mm-hmm. is for me to, like, put my music I in. I feel you. See, for you, it's the same thing for me. We just in reverse. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's easier for me to put music out because I don't really care because that's not, that's not what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. This podcasting, I take this serious. So, I be trying to make sure I put out the best content and, you know, the best content that I can. And I get feedback from people like, yo, maybe this works, maybe this doesn't work. But as long as you listen, you're giving me feedback. I can't go wrong with that. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, so I got to definitely, like, make myself vulnerable. And we'll see what happens, man. We definitely will. Um, You know, you'll be the first to know. But I do have songs that I'm working on. Okay. I can't tell you that. Okay. Um, I'm, I I actually think they're fire. Okay. So I, I there's, there's this new sound that I'm coming with is for sure different. Okay. Definitely, it's I like, like different. It's different. <laughs> I can I can say that for sure. It's it's different. I like different. So you know, I I'm, I hope you guys enjoy this new intro that we got we got coming for y'all. Um, so you know, season two, we kicking it off with a bang. Yes, 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 indeed, man. Y'all already know, man. Um, once again, thanks for the support, man. Uh, thanks for waiting out with me while I was trying to get everything together. You know, your boy just need a little mental break. I got it. We back in full effect. Season two is going to be different, man. We still going to be talking about relationships. We going to be talking about more stuff in the black community like we did today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just more stuff to get people's minds out there. I just don't want it to be all about relationships. Yeah, relationships are still the focus. But I, now that I got y'all, the, the premise was, let me talk about relationships so people can know where I'm coming from. Now that I got a solid fan base, it's time to expand.
Mm-hmm. It's time to expand so y'all can see that I'm more just about this and that is multiple facets to me. So you know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all stay tuned for that, man. Y'all already know. Um uh season two started. Um um redoing the merchandise since the last one got messed up. So y'all be on the lookout for that. It's gonna come out even better than it was before. Best in believe that praise to the most high, man. Um y'all already know where to follow me, man. Uh, Instagram, the original playmaker, average JTPC. Um and then uh, the Facebook page, Thoughts of an Average Joe podcast page. And then once again, man, the podcast business, y'all already know what that's about. Um, so if y'all want to be on the team, y'all let me know, man, and we I can make it happen. You want to play your social media in, Zay? Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me at uh, double L Zay, double L underscore Zay, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the word double L underscore Z-A-Y. Um, that stands for live life. Um, my company is Live Life uh, Productions, and we just believe in living life your own way. Bet. So I want to do real quick before we go. I got a new segment uh, that I'm starting on for season two. It's just going to be called The Average Joe Thought. So just give me something that's on your mind that you want people to know about. Hey, man, stay true to yourself. Um, never never try to do anything that's different mm-hmm. from who you are. If it, if it feels uncomfortable, then nine times out of ten, it's not right for you. Bet. Bet, bet. And I just want to leave y'all with this, man. Life is short. Make the most of it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, we got, we, us, us as people, we got to do what we got to do to survive. We also got to do what we got to do to create generational wealth. And once we do that, we'll be all right. I love y'all. I miss y'all. <laughs> I'm back. John 316. Thoughts of an average Joe, man. It's Teroy. Peace. Check it out, uh. Come back and I'm better. I've been patient, encouraging changes. I'm speaking new language. Just the thoughts of a joke. Only people who've been around will know. I'm talking about owning some, giving my homie some, teaching the youth how to survive. You owe me nothing. I'm just a young black man with a dream and a plan. These are my thoughts as I share them with the land. Uh. Thoughts of an average show. Just the thoughts of an average show. Uh-huh. Yeah.